You're listening to The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. Your subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times now comes with access to every Barclays Premier League goal. Refresh your app, choose your team, accept notification, and you're away. All with our award-winning commentary, opinion, and insights. Every goal, every game, everywhere. The Times and the Sunday Times. Now with goals. Thank you. It's a delight to be here in uh, in Liverpool. Uh, we did one of these in uh, in Manchester. Uh, a month ago, and uh, I have to say, you guys have a much, much, much lovelier city, possibly because <laughs> was it all rebuilt in the last 10 years. So yeah, so it's a privilege to be here, privilege that you guys uh, chose to spend uh, uh, your, your evening with us, and I'm, I'm very excited uh, for tonight uh, to, uh, to introduce us, uh, my guests. Uh, the way it's going to work, you kind of outlined it, if you want to speak, you'll come around Roy will come around with a, with a microphone. Um, we have some topics, but we'll also have Q&A, and we're happy to, to go where the uh, discussion guides us. Now, I'd ask you to uh, welcome my guests on here. You'll probably know some of them, possibly all of them. Uh, first off, it's uh, my colleague from The Times. He's our man on Merseyside. It's Tony Barrett. Next up, it's uh, a guy who uh, Tony and I have to speak very well of because he is, after all, our boss. He's also from here. I think he's been to every European Cup final, um, all of them, bar one, I think, when he was studying. Uh, it's Tony Evans. And as you can tell from his shirt, Tony is very much a blue. Actually, he's not really, and, uh, but this next gentleman is. Uh, please put your uh, hands together for Everton legend, uh, Peter Reed. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, now, before we get started, just because we, we do have some ideas we want to talk about, but I also want to get a sense of who's who in the room. Um, could I possibly ask uh, the Liverpool fans to raise their hands? All right. Could I ask the Everton fans to raise their hand? Peter? Mm-hmm. They're all in London, we're still in the FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That might somehow influence the agenda tonight. But, um, I want to start with, uh, uh, w- w- with one topic that people have talked about a lot. Um, you have this in- incredible city, possibly the, the romantic heart of, of English football. Certainly, uh, for me, who-, who didn't grow up in this country and viewed it from, a po- from afar, there was, uh, so for me growing up in the 80s, there was no question that when you thought of English football, you, you thought of Merseyside, you thought of Liverpool. Um, but you have a city w- you know, right now with, with two stadiums. Um, most of whom, the, the bean counters tell us, uh, neither one of these stadiums is necessarily viable, globalized brands, football, luxury boxes, all that good stuff that we like to talk about. Um, 
I want to introduce, so people have talked about ground sharing um, as, as a possible solution. There have been all sorts of obstacles. I want to start with you, um, Tony Barrett, because uh, you're on the ground. You probably covered this issue more than most, both for the Times and probably before that at the, at the ECHO as well. Um, is this still something that's on the horizon, and should it be on the horizon? It's something that I think the City Council would like to happen. It's something that the City Council have wanted to happen for some time. Uh, there is a lot of pressure on Liverpool now with their stadium plans. Liverpool obviously planning to improve and regenerate Anfield, but if the Council had their way, they would put Liverpool and Everton tomorrow in, in a stadium, and that would be it. That would be the two sharing for, for eternity. That is, and that is the pressure that Liverpool are under. Liverpool are under that pressure for lots of reasons, financial, uh, also the fact that in the area of, of Liverpool 4, the, the whole regeneration process has been held, held up by their plans, never been realised. So that, that is where we are. Liverpool are now down to two houses that they need to buy up in order to go ahead with, with the redevelopment of Anfield. And, and that should be pretty much a formality. I know there's, there's a bit of haggling going on, but with the CPOs hanging over the, the owners of those properties, and it's, it is landlords, it's not homeowners. That, that should go through, and Liverpool are hoping to get a plan application by around April. The, the problem is, is that behind the scenes, there are people who may be working on behalf of vested interests, we don't know, who, who are certainly pushing for a shared stadium last week. Out of nowhere, Christian Paislow, who was managing director, well, chief exec, I don't know what is. The Fernando Torres of finance. finance. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he appeared on, on national radio where he again raised the subject of a shared stadium. And as if by magic, within three hours, his former press officer, Paul Tittle, was also backing the idea of a shared stadium. So, uh, 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 the, the, the man who uh, labelled us the, the, uh, the Scouse Khmer Rouge. So... So that, so that was, these things don't happen by coincidence. That tells you that there's someone somewhere who wants a shared stadium still. Well, let me tell you something. The ownership are committed to uh, revamping Anfield. They will not share a stadium. That, I would say that's 100% certain. Uh, there are plenty of people who, who want it. And there are plenty, clearly at Goodison, they'd love to do it. But I'd also say, you've got to be careful. If you look at, in the history of sports, right across the globe, not just football, other sports, the team that's perceived to be the second, to, to be the, the minor team in a shared stadium, traditionally does worse. You can look at Inter Milan. I mean, we went there and we played there and we beat them. Um, it, w it was very interesting. Uh, they, they had um, they give out thirty thousand whistles to drown out three thousand scousers. Um, they, they had a, a banner which said "Never relegators." You know, the, the, across you know when 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 Milan come in there, you know they've won European cups. Um, I mean, Inter have as well, but like they, they feel themselves. You look at um, American football, the New York Jets compared to New York Giants. The New York Jets' record on the road in Giants Stadium was, when they were in Giants Stadium, was better than when they, they were supposed to be at home. You look at uh, Aussie rules and you look at the, the Melbourne teams who all share the stadiums. It went from when they all come together in about 1998, 1999, all the way through to well, a couple of years ago when Hawthorne won the, um, won, won the, the, the grand final. The, um, the Melbourne teams had lost. It's a dangerous game for Everton to share a stadium because 
I, I know, like, Evertonians don't want to hear it, but they are the second team in the city. Um, if I can just jump in there one second, because you did touch upon my city, Milan, for, for a minute there. Uh, some people think that actually never getting relegated, uh, maybe some Evertonians might agree with me, um, is a more impressive feat than winning a European Cup. Bare minimum, bare minimum. And I might add that uh, Inter have won um, more European Cups than Manchester United, or as many as Manchester Yeah, Manchester. but it's not right. Not yet, but there's an argument. But you, you understand that. You, I think you'd agree that Inter had an inferiority complex in the same stadium. In the, I, don't, I, I genuinely don't believe it was because of the stadium, because I think historically Inter, AC Milan have had two great periods where they won most of their titles. Inter have consistently been good. Inter have uh, the same size fan base. Inter have won as many league titles. Um, so I, I don't think that's the case. But I do agree <coughs> with you. I think around the world, every other city, which is two major clubs, with the exception of, of Glasgow, um, generally you have one that plays second banana to the other. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that is, that well, is an issue. When um, I was a kid, uh, my dad dropped me on, on my head um, when I was a baby. And I, I ended up supporting Liverpool. Um, now, when I was a kid, Everton were the biggest club. Yeah. So, so don't go biggest club because times can change. Mm. Times can change. So at the moment, yeah. But in terms of tradition and history, there's an argument. Well, Certainly well, from the, the blue the, side. They, they well, you've had, your, yeah, you've had your say. Let me have my No, I'm agreeing with no, you. No, well, you're right. <laughs> so... So, and uh, all that, and, and Manchester United, we had a chat before, didn't we, uh, Gavin, you said uh, Manchester United, the most successful team in, in Britain, didn't he? I didn't say well, that. I didn't say I said the well, biggest. Said, well, the biggest, but they weren't when, when. Yeah, they, they were relegated, right, when you were kids? Correct, when I was a lad. So, times change in football. Times change all the time, and you've got to get with it. Times change, both need new stadiums, and the president of set is... Uh, I can remember, well, I can't remember, but long time ago, Anfield was Everton's ground until he had an uh, argument with the landlord. So there's a president there. So it's, it's time to get rid of the, the small-mindedness, the two great, great football clubs in world football, get a new stadium at Stanley Park and get on with it. Peter, you, you, uh, just, you, you just use the words there, two great football clubs, and that's what they are. And, and the two great and distinct football clubs with two distinct... Uh, I, I just don't see how you put them together. And I think, I think it's also, we're in this situation now because for 20, 30, 40 years and longer, mm. the owners of the football clubs haven't had the vision to develop when they should have done. Oh, and you're now in that situation where Anfield and Goodison don't fit, aren't fit for purpose. And it's the failings of the past. But, but I, I think both Liverpool and Everton, if, if they cannot develop their own stadiums, I don't see what hope that gives for football, because who... Well, I think, I think there's great, great hope for football, because I, I was a player in the 80s when uh, a few disasters happened, which we all know about, and there was tragedies. And the way them two football clubs come together, you don't tell me that they can't share the stadium, because I ain't having it. I ain't having it. Because what them two football clubs have done through tragedies has been fantastic. So, it's, it, and from a commercial point of view, you can have the Shankly Gates, you can have the Hillsborough Memorial, Dixie Dean. The two stadiums, like the Allianz, could be blue one week, red the others, offices one side, offices the other side, both sides of the park, where the, the old grounds were. Coming to the 21st century, let's, 
I, in my opinion. I, we're going to take a, a little quick poll on this in a minute, but I, I think Peter touched upon something there that, that's important in this day of age, the, the commercial side of it. I mean, as, as an outsider um, who comes from a city with shared stadiums, in fact, a whole country full of shared stadiums, um, I, I don't quite get this. I think teams can build their own history in their own stadiums, especially if you're going to go and build a new stadium uh, for yourself. Um, right, Tony, I'm assuming people have done viability studies and, and whatever else um, uh, about what revenues can be generated. Uh, some might say that it's almost a little bit depressing that we have to talk about it in this vein, but we're in an era of financial fair play. And what Peter said before about clubs coming and going, it's not entirely clear that that's going to happen now that financial fair play is here and certain bigger clubs with more revenue will always be able to, to outspend others. But this goes back to, this was first moved to things in 1967. Peter Robinson talked about building a shared stadium, things on the NCAA score site that was, or, or in that vicinity. And there was no interest in it. And, and that's the biggest thing that, for whatever the being counters say, for whatever the financial common sense, if people's emotion isn't taken by it, and this is, this is a city where people are passionate about the football. They don't just turn up on a match day with a £50 ticket and go and watch Liverpool or Everton and go home. This is people's absolute lives. In other cities where you mightn't get that centre field, I don't know because I haven't lived anywhere else, you may be able to do it, but this is Liverpool and Everton. These are two clubs with absolute distinct identities who, whatever they, they, can, they can share in certain instances, but long term it doesn't work. And if you spoke to... The biggest problem, if you speak to Liverpool's owners, they will tell you they know it can't happen because Liverpool supporters just aren't interested. But it's they've also got another point of view. Their view is that as, as, as a percentage of your overall income, match day income is shrinking with the, t the new television deals. Um, we've seen the Champions deal, which is like about nearly three times the, um, the, the previous Champions League one. The next Premier League television league Te television deal, I, I I believe will be in the region of 15 billion, which is, you know, sort of around three times the the, the one that, that that exists now. And what they're saying is that match day income is becoming less important to the football club than it was before. Um, uh, the Liverpool owners' point of view is that if this situation would have been the same a decade ago, Arsenal wouldn't have moved from Highbury. And so they think that they need, they need to revamp Anfield and keep it in its its state of uh, in in a state where it's it's how can I put it what, what, traditional state where it feels like the Anfields of the past and the whole sense of history and they're very very keen on that a shared stadium won't happen. Peter, you, we know your views on the on the shared stadium. Do you? But you know you're. You're also from here. Do you share Tony's view, that, uh, Tony Barrett's view, that, well, I, 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 uh, that I, I people just won't go for it? No, I think it won't happen. Um, I think uh, there's an elegance about it, which I don't like. Um, uh, and uh, it, it just baffles me. I can't, I can't understand it. I can't understand the logic at all. At all. So it's, it's, it's quite sad, really, from my point of view. But how would it work, Peter? Because obviously Liverpool are now building it, looking to build a 60,000 stadium. Would Everton then have a 60,000 stadium? Is that... Do you know what I mean? It's, it's all those kind of things. It's, how it works is that you, you share the stadium. If Everton don't get 60,000, you don't get 
but I, 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 I think that would become a problem for Everton, an increasing problem. I think, it's, I think, it's, I think it's fine if it sells out. Mm, well, but I, I think if you've got mm, 40,000 or mm, 20,000, it's a fair you, you know, you, you might have a, a thing where Everton fixed the prices a little bit uh, lower than Liverpool. There's commercial ways of getting, of doing it. And, and, and like, if I want to take my kids to watch a game, which I think is, I think football clubs with the revenue they get from TV, I think the prices are absolutely extortionate now. Yeah. Absolutely um, extortionate. And they're trying to uh, price the ordinary punter out of it. The ordinary supporter, sorry, punter. The ordinary supporter. Mm. And I think it's, it's scandalous. I do think it's scandalous. And I don't care about uh, commercial aspects with the money they're getting off TV. I think you've got to give the supporters a break because, and I know you go on about the American owners, football, football fans own football clubs and I'm, I'm, I'm a romantic and I'm, I'm proud of being a romantic about it and I always will be um, and, and, that's, and that's passion for the, the city. I'm totally with, with, with Peter on, on this one and to the point that my, Tony Evans made about um, the TV revenues increasing. I've seen firsthand and you know, Serie A has the second highest TV revenues in the world. We've had them for years. We still do. Um, it's a very unhealthy business model. Uh, and what what Peter said, I think, is absolutely sacrosanct about. Go 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 back to 1990. Berlusconi was talking about because of TV revenue, letting fans in for free yeah. to provide atmosphere. And I, I, I think there's, you know, you're talking about cross subsidies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pe people, people. I, I, I think uh, Richard Scudamore is seen as the, you know, the great devil. You know, the the, the Premier League. You know, the um, the axis of evil and all that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if in the next television deal, there is a certain amount of money ring fenced to reduce uh, prices to go onto yeah. the ground. Well, some of us have argued that for a long so, time. Yeah, right. you, and I think if we had a scenario where there was a shared 60,000 seat stadium and maybe you know, Liverpool could easily sell out two or three times over and you could sell those 80 quid tickets to the Norwegians who come here, um, <laughs> then and Everton had to it's, price their tickets at 10 quid so people could bring their kids, what, that would be an investment in the future. It's a fact of life. When I played for Bolton Wanderers as a kid, it was cheaper to go and watch Manchester United play at Old Trafford than it was for Bolton Wanderers fans to go into Burnley Park. So Manchester United go. grew and grew on that. Of course, we, we know Manchester United had some, I shouldn't say that, and had some <laughs> great players, you know what I mean, and, and generated that. But that's, that's one of the reasons, because it was cheap football there. Right, well, we're going to ask you a question. We just want a quickly, quick show of hands. Who's in favour of a ground share? <laughs> Well, All right. Uh, who's against the ground chair? All right. I, I think um, is your assessment was correct, Tony. <laughs> Please. Hello, my name's Tony. Um, I'm a Man United supporter. I'm sorry. We, we should have been in Manchester tonight to do a question and answer with Greg Dyke, who's in Manchester tonight, but we decided to come here instead. And we can We're more powerful than Greg Bell. <laughs> <laughs> we are the fourth estate. Um, we came here last year to a presentation um, with some journalists about how fans are treated in football. And you've touched on it tonight. The thing that drives the ground sharing and everything else that goes with it is the money. And the clubs and the FA and everybody have got no consideration to us as fans at all. And it's got to change. And what drives the ground sharing, again, is money. It's not convenience and all that sort of thing. Don't forget emotion, Peter. 
we've got our heritage at each club and what have you. Now, yeah, there may be a financial sort of sense for it at Bristol City and Bristol Rovers where they are struggling for finances and whatever. But at the end of the day, it's all driven by money. And we are being taken the mickey out of as fans by all the clubs. Man United, Everton, Liverpool, Arsenal, they're all doing it. And in terms of joint stadiums, it's driven by the commerciality of it, not thinking about the fans at all. So, so Sutherland was driven by money. Oh, Roker Park wasn't good enough. Main Road wasn't good enough. That's no, why they moved. No, no. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, that's for the good of the fans. Yeah, but that's for the good of the fans. Why Sunderland oh, went in the stadium alive? Look how much Arsenal charged for tickets. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tickets now. Look at the increase in tickets from, what, five years ago to now. The percentage increase is absolutely phenomenal. If, now, in terms of developing your own stadium... If you still a high, but because of the, uh, the attendance, there'd be more. Oh, building your new ground is fair enough, but you've still got your own identity, your own culture. Yeah, ground sharing still, is totally different. Ground sharing is, but you've still got your, you've still got your team. I mean, Everton, for Everton's sake, you used to play at Anfield. I've mentioned that. That was a long time ago. <laughs> But a in, long, in 200 long time years' ago. time, when they're having a chat about it, they'll go away. But it doesn't get away from the point that ground sharing or not, it's all driven by commerciality but, but, and not well, thinking of the fans. Just the point that, that Sunderland left Roker Park for the good of the fans to build a new stadium. Yeah, to build a new stadium individually yeah. for that team, but not to ground share. Right, but I, I, th I think the reality, though, is that, uh, I mean, you, you lump sort of United and Everton together. United and Arsenal are money-making machines. Everton, correct me if I'm wrong here, lose money every year. And I, my opinion as an outside observer, it's down to the, the two managers that they've had the no, last seven no, years. No, 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 no. Everton shouldn't lose money. Everton is probably the most badly run club okay. in the Premier League um, over a, a, a period, well, since the Bill Kenwright era began. And the... Well, yeah, I'll get a legal letter for this. Um, <laughs> any lawyers in the room tonight? Do you, do you like to sue me? Any snitches? Um, <laughs> right. Everton have made very, very bad choices uh, financially, which uh, uh, have hamstrung them. Everton make enough money, or should make enough money, to be doing well, but they've done some very, very silly things. And I expect... Well, for instance, the uh, the presidential loan, where they took out over 25 years, 30 million loan, um, which in the end they'll have to pay 62 million back right. over. Um, th that sort of a mortgage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which, is, which is a lot of football clubs. Uh, not, like, not like that. The fact that they couldn't raise, at the same time they took this out, they couldn't raise 30 million to get themselves into the King's Dock. Can you imagine if Everton would have had a stadium in the King's Dock? They would have owned the city centre. It's like that was the opportunity for Everton to become the club of Liverpool, to become the club of the city centre. Well, All the ale houses would have been blue because you know they, 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 they would have brought in. It was a bad mistake. Uh, the kit bag deal. Whoa, what's going on there with, 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 with Junk and Nike? 
seriously, Everton's finances have been been appallingly run. And um, as I say, there's a legal letter in the post. But Everton's problems are largely self-inflicted. I mean, great, great club. And you know what? I'm, I'm not one of these Liverpool fans who, who hates Everton. You know, I grew up that, you know, we, we, you know they weren't the enemy. United were the enemy, um, and like, um, and and I'd love to see Everton do well, not as well as us, but it's it's it, it's the the financial situation. It's not to do with the managers. Oh well, whether the wounds are self-inflicted or not, Tony, I might argue though that the accounts are there for all to see, and the fact is they have lost money, and that that money is gone, and you know, I you, I think football in general could do with. A hell of a lot more transparency than, than we have now. So think, we forgive me, did Liverpool lose money last year? Every year. Right. I thought so. I, I, I think the. <laughs> <laughs> there is another thing here, right? Yeah. I, I, think, I think Liverpool's well, 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 owners, though, are slightly more liquid. I mean, sorry, but just on those Everton points, I can't let you go on this. Let, let, let because me. it's surreal to have a football club in the Premier League with a guy, uh, a theatre guy, who all he does is talk about how he doesn't have any money well, and how poor he is and how he's not a wealthy man. Well, you know, that's what I find very strange. Well, you don't I, hear. I'll tell you what. You know, let, I think let, that's, let's, let's, let's be absolutely frank and honest about it. Football clubs all lose money, right? Here's the reality. They make money. It's the only business you can asset strip on an annual basis and still, like, people come back for more. Football clubs don't lose money. If they lost money, that's all go under. It's a load of bollocks. <laughs> all right. Thank you. I, I really hope there are no snitchers so, here. So Everton make money, then? You just said they made some ridiculous no, no. financial decisions. They, they, they have made a, a, a lot of bad decisions. Right, Ever, Everton should be making should be making money. Everton should be in profit. Right. They've made bad decisions, <laughs> but on a general basis, people milk money out of football. Right. They claim they blame the players' wages, which is not true, and and people very make loads of money out. The Plymouth Argyle who nearly went into liquidation. In fact, I paid the way, uh, players' wages uh, or uh, some digs money in Lenton's. I was at Leeds United when it went belly up financially, 100 million to bond orders. After living the dream. Men. Yeah, so these football clubs, Coventry was our coach. By the way, I've managed some great clubs. Don't get paid for the even job, I think. No wonder I won the grounds here. <laughs> so, so something must have happened to them football clubs that I was missing. Yeah, but Peter, you, you, were, you, you didn't, you weren't, you, you didn't have control over the finances. No, but what I'm saying, you, you just, you just made a comment there that football clubs all make money. Now, there's, there's one that nearly went to the wall, Plymouth. There's mm. one Leeds United took a terrible, terrible hit. There's one Coventry City. Now I'm playing in the city, so. Someone must have had a right few quid out of that and not told anyone else about it. Well, you know what? We, we, we did a, we did a series on it a while back. And what we did, we went to, we went to the... So Coventry, Coventry made money. No, Where did well, it go? Leeds, I think, I think Leeds. what you're saying, and I don't want to put words in your point, Tony, math, Tony, but what you're saying is the people behind the club and some of the decision makers at the club can make money over time, yeah. even if the club itself it's, it's, it's does like, badly. If, if, just to give the example of the last few days, Liverpool lose £50 million. That's fine, Liverpool lose £50 million, but if the owners sold Liverpool tomorrow, they would make a profit on what they put into the club. 
Or if they sold Louis yeah, Suarez. Yeah, they, if they, they sold Louis Suarez. Yeah. The that's what you're saying. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like uh, like is, most businesses do. But I'm on about these other clubs, which didn't. I, I, I guess what we're driving at is the idea... Glasgow Rangers. Yeah. They should well, be making loads. Well, that's, <laughs> no, that, that, that's the perfect example of people like... I won't say stealing, because you know it's a. But people taking money out the club, when and 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 not reinvesting it. And it's impossible for Rangers to go bust. Yeah, it's impossible. Uh, so uh, strange uh, things uh, have happened. Strange so, things have happened. So, so forgive me. Them, them. Yeah, some strange things. Them things that happens at Leeds United, Coventry, and Plymouth. What I was making up. No, 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 Peter, that's you, but Peter, I, funnily enough, we did the same. By the way, and I, I know, I know, it's people making bad decisions, because let's put it into basics, if I go to the ice cream van with a fiver, I can't get a tenner's worth of ice cream. But, but Peter, we, yeah. we, yeah, we, we haven't been back we, to Biden for years, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but that's, that's what, that's what some people have done. At football clubs as businesses, but 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 which is ridiculous. We we, we did a series on uh, nearly ten years ago about how to take money out of clubs, and we talked to the football league and the you know and the Premier League, mm -hmm. and like there, there's loads of examples like uh, one club um, in, in one of the lower leagues, all the directors were like they, they were ordering champagne and booze on the club, and it was getting loaded into the back of the cars and taking it away, and they were pointing the finger at like the, the players. Player wages is ruining the club, and 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 there, there are loads of ways. So which club was this then? <laughs> I don't want another legal letter. <laughs> I get enough of them. Just go back. You can't have a legal letter. Just go back to the point that our Manky Union friend made is that clubs should stand and fall on their own identities, on their own abilities to survive and thrive as football clubs. You shouldn't look for amalgamations. You shouldn't look for ground shares. It, where does that end? There's talk of Liverpool and Manchester economically as cities becoming some sort of, I don't know, economic conurbation where we share our... I, I, I don't get it. Liverpool and Manchester are rival cities. They can come together where needs be. And that's how it should be in, in football. Liverpool and Everton have been separate entities for over 100 years, two of the greatest clubs in European football, and people want to force them together in one stadium. No, they still, be, I, they I still think, have the separate identities. They don't, though, Peter. The minute you, the minute you no, give that's up... that's your if, opinion. No, you, Everton Your identity comes from a stadium. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. really interested in this, because your identity comes from a stadium, Tony. But, but so, like, well, when Liverpool you, go away from home, it becomes somebody else? No, but if, yeah. you, if you go to Europe and ask people in Europe what they know about Liverpool, the, the first things that... Among the yeah, first things like they were saying the, would be the cop and Anfield. Well, Jose you know, Mourinho, the power of Anfield Road. Right, enough for Jose Mourinho. Through the evening without mentioning him. But I don't know. I, like, I, think, I think that's one of the great things about football. Right? To me, a club is a crest and some colors and nothing else. The people running it, the owner who put the money in, the place where you play. If the club goes somewhere else, the club is still there. It's a state of mind. Milton Keynes Sons? Sorry? Milton Keynes Sons. Well, that, I mean, obviously that became a different club. They changed the crest, they changed the colors. I mean, and I think most people would probably agree that that was wrong. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I become very uncomfortable when clubs become identified with people or with physical objects who can change. We have a question here? Yeah, I'm Matt. I'm a big blue uh, for Peter. Um, yeah, it was just, I've been to the. Allianz Arena mm. and watched uh, 1860. Yeah. And the atmosphere there is 
It's okay, but I'd say it's pretty on the poor side. Whereas if you go to a Bayern Munich game, it's going to be immense. Mm. And what what you said before, Peter, was at uh, Liverpool Everton share. Uh, if, if it was a 60,000, 70,000 stadium, unfortunately, as a blue, I'd have to say Liverpool probably would fill it. And Everton had, you know, struggle with... Price the tickets, right. We might be th- twenty thousand short. No, they, 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 what I'm saying, what I'm saying, and you don't know till you go in. If Liverpool are part, uh, it, just for average sake, charge you a tenner, charge you five. But I think Everton do charge a tenner a lot of time, saying, twenty I'm quid. I, 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 it's if you if you give them, uh, if if you give kids a chance to go to football matches, and it's cheaper than the others. <coughs> I've, I've, I've got some to do that. I've got, I've, got, I've got a lot of mates who, who live with supporters who actually take their kids to Everton because the kids can go and watch the match there. And, that, and that's not the same at Liverpool. And I think that's one of Everton's biggest advantages in this city. Right, I'll, t- I'll, we, tell you, I'll tell you the true story about this city. I played in the Derby game uh, and after about 20 minutes, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah. As long as, as long only as if it's Annie. No snitches here, that's fine. All right. So... They're, they're Gillespie and Anson were playing at the back and then playing and we're trying to squeeze and Barnsley, clever, <coughs> he's on the left wing and kept coming in the hole. Couldn't get near him. And then I'm getting frustrated. So anyhow, one bounce is just on the halfway line by the dugouts. Well, I, I catch him, don't I? I smash him. And he rolls over into the dirt. It looks and, and all of the puddlings up, you blow, blue nose bastard, you effing big eared so and so. And I've gone. Uncle Arthur, sit down. <laughs> it was my mum's brother, my Uncle Arthur, who had season tickets. <laughs> he had season tickets at Anfield. The family have still got him now. God rest his soul, he's gone now. And I got him tickets for the players after the game. I said, what is your game? He went, I've gone, didn't I? I went. <laughs> um, two stories. So, so, and something that shouldn't be forgotten, by the way. That's the big, city. The biggest attendance that was ever in this city was at Goodison Park when he lost 78,000 for Derby. There are a lot of Everton supporters. We never know what the split is in the city. Everyone likes to look at it different ways. But I just wonder, I'm at Goodison Park as often as Peter is, and I just wonder whether Everton would fill the 60,000 stadium. I wonder what the impact I, would be. I, if I, I wonder whether Liverpool would fill it. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. When well, things are going sorry. well. We, we, it says... It says England. England. Rodgers was manager 30,000. <laughs> It says England here on my running order. I imagine you guys are all England fans and support England ahead of Liverpool. Um, but judging from the hands up, if you're all, unless there's major complaints, we can leave England until a little bit later because there's questions here in the audience. Hi, yeah, just a quick question, really, or it's an observation, really. If you're an Evertonian and you're an Evertonian season ticket, every season for the last couple of seasons, um, what you actually give all the season ticket holders is three uh, valid... Uh, vouchers for three adults, three lots of tickets, three lots of tickets for two lots of children. Children can go to see Everton for the Sea Games for £5. Adult can go for 15 quid. So you can actually go to Everton, take two children and an adult for £25. And getting back to what you said before about Tony, I agree. There's more and more li- some Liverpool fans if they want to take the kids to see a Premier League, whether it's going to be one of the lower uh, teams in the Premiership, you've got ten times more of a chance to go to bloody Goodison. Okay, they can't fill the ground, but they've got the opportunity to go and see 
Everton on a Premier League team. Now, if you're a Liverpool fan, God help you trying to get kids a ticket. My mate here, Jim, he's a mad Liverpool fan. Oh, just say his son is a Liverpool fan. And plus, he can't get tickets to take his lad. Jimmy, you weren't sitting next to me. It's very, very frustrating. I said, you weren't sitting next to me. Can, can, can I declare an interest here? That's John Chesco, who has been uh, uh, my, lived in Venmore Street, just Correct. by Anfield, and has been my friend for, oh, Jesus, too many years. 35 oh, years. 35 years. Uh, now, what I will say about him, he, 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 he got by me, he was everywhere. He was a, a, a great story about him. He, he, Italian, Italian family, he went to Rome with his cousins, and they got in like four hours before the game because his Italian cousins forced him to. So for like three hours, every flare in the ground, the Roma fans were firing at him. Was, was it them? Three of them. <laughs> but the point I'm going to make is, like, he's let his child grow up to be an Evertonian. Mm-hmm. And that makes him a bad father. Yep. It does. It does. And I've got to be honest with you. It's only you're a bad lad for blowing me up. <laughs> no, uh, me missus is an Evertonian. I just want to be, you know, what, what can you say? But anyway, getting back to the Roma game, Tony, we had good times, didn't we, mate? We had great times. We certainly did. Pass the mic. Thanks, guys. Uh, (laughs) Hi there. Um, Dave, Liverpool fan. Um, Just wanted to mention, first of all, about owners making money from football clubs. I'm surprised none of you mentioned Manchester United as the best example of owners who are making money from football clubs. Um, But going back to Liverpool and Everton ground sharing, one of the things you haven't touched on Peter mentioned about the Allianz Serena. Um, you're looking at the cost of a football stadium. Everton couldn't afford the Kirby redevelopment, well, the Kirby development and the King's Dock development. If you're looking around to do an Allianz development in Liverpool, you're probably looking at in the region of what the Stanley Park Stadium was supposed to cost, which was, what, 250, 260 million pounds. I can't for the life of me, so I mean, I'm vehemently against the ground share anyway, but where are Everton going to get 130 million pounds from? I think, well, I, think, sorry, I, think I think those who, who were... Sorry, just about... Because you mentioned the Allianz, just to clarify this and to support your point, um, as you may have heard, 1860 Munich couldn't eventually afford it either. Bayern ended up buying them out, and uh, they're in a very bad situation. You might also make the point 1860 are a lot smaller than, than Everton, even in, in relation to, um, to, to Bayern. But, um, but the, 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 the two scenarios that are being put forward for, for ground sharing and, and Everton making it viable is that one... Everton would rent from Liverpool, which I, I just think the minute you do that, you destroy Everton Football Club. Mm. I think if Everton went back to the situation in 1892 of being basically at the whim of a landlord, and if that landlord is Liverpool Football Club, I can't think of a worse scenario for Everton than that. The other, the other one that's being put forward is that the City Council would fund it and Liverpool and Everton would pay them rent. Now, 10, 15 years ago, when Liverpool was booming and the, the building industries really raging in town, that may be impossible then. Liverpool City Council set a budget last night, which is a, basically there's 162 million pound cuts in this city. Those cuts are going to mean that libraries close, that children's services get absolutely hammered. Everywhere across the board where the city needs help, it's losing help. If anyone thinks that Liverpool City Council is in a position to fund the building of a stadium, they're living in a, in a world that doesn't exist. And I just, I just look at all the possible scenarios that could lead to a ground chair, and there isn't one there, and that is my biggest worry of all. Liverpool will survive because they've got this global fan base. Liverpool can do that. 
Everton don't have that, and I think that's the biggest worry of all. And I know Liverpool's boards like to pretend that they like to see Everton go to the wall. No one in the city should want that. That the, would be a disaster city for the city. Two teams, and like you know, it's a. I, I remember the, the famous Wimbledon game. You know, it's like, and, and you know, you think to yourself, "Oh, great, they're going down," and then you think about the uh, the enormity of what would happen. This city needs two uh, top-flight teams, and it needs Everton to be successful. Um, and, and I hope they are relatively successful, just now as successful as us. For me, well, for me, the starting point for, for stadium shares is if someone comes up with a viable, viable financial argument as to how it and, can and, happen. And, 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 and that's never happens. And not interested in that. They are I, absolutely not interested in it. You, you can wipe it from like your, your thought process. And, and and anything, anything Christian Pearce says, just. Go the opposite way. Yeah. Well, <coughs> um, I think I think Liverpool well, change their owners quite often, don't they, in relative <laughs> terms? And 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 I take your point about the financial situation at the moment. But do you think uh, Britain's going to be in this financial situation in 10, 20 years' time? Financial situations change. So, like, I, I take your point. It's more important. Well, Peter schools, jo Jordan schools, the boom. Jordan the boom. That was the king's dock time. Well, and it well, was what I'm saying is, yeah. so whatever argument you put through through, through finances. Just don't say because it, 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 of the way it is well, fi financially now. It could change. It could, ch sorry. it could change in ten years' time. Where there's uh, uh, a change in the economy, and, oh, and I, I don't the mind council want to do it. Don't mind if so the ground share, like in twenty years' time, I'll be dead. All right. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> time. All right, so we're, we're, we're roughly halfway through. We're going to take a little break now. Um, in the second part, we'll talk England, since you're all big England fans. <laughs> and maybe a little bit of Liverpool, if time allows, and we'll take loads of questions. Um, grab yourself a drink, relax, and we'll be back in a few. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.